Welcome to Making the Jump with Richard Olberger, PhD, clinical psychologist, and me, Lorinda Phillips, master certified coach as your co-host. Hi, everybody. I'm uh, Dr. Richard Olberger. I'm excited to be here as part of Making the Jump. I love the guests we're bringing you. We focus on transitions that athletes and extraordinary humans make when they're in between and beyond their athletic careers. I'm very humble and excited to be here to talk about the clinical part of each athlete's journey and to be here as a resource to you should you need support and want to get a better understanding about the way our bodies handle emotions and the way we process our emotions to overcome obstacles and challenges to get deeper. And I'm also a certified mental performance consultant, which involves sports psychology. As founder of uh, Retire From Sports, I've been coaching athletes to successfully transition to what's next after sports for the past three years. And for the past 20 years, I've coached business owners, uh, strategies to be more profitable and more joyful because I found out that, you know, a lot of business owners are not that happy. So uh, to be profitable and joyful in their companies. So our intention for making the jump, Richard talked about it a little bit, is, you know, whether you're current or a former player is in your transition. You know, we know that that transition can be challenging and how to become the high achiever in life as you are as a, an athlete. And that's our intention. We hope to make our podcasts entertaining, real, and relevant. And our guest today is Thomas Diskin. He is currently pursuing his master's degree in sports exercise and performance psychology. He's a graduate of Bentley University and having studied managerial economics and psychology. He played baseball at Bentley and also at Worcester uh, Academy and Pinkerton Academy. Tom's interested in building a sports psychology consulting business to provide athletes with the mental skills needed to overcome obstacles and perform at their highest level. Okay, I would love to introduce uh, Thomas Diskin. Uh, welcome to the show, Thomas. I hope you weren't up too late reviewing tape of last night's game. <laughs> it's funny i was actually the thing that i've been doing most recently i i've been watching the world series but what i've been doing as well as i've been looking back on a lot of old fights i'm a i'm a big fan of boxing and mma and stuff like that and so last night i watched tommy hearns versus marvin Hagler. like oh, one, wow. of, wow. one of the best rounds of boxing ever so yeah watching it for fun or watching it for statistics um I think I watch it just because, like I said, I think I have this whatever. I've learned, I've had this love for boxing, I think, since I was a little kid. My my dad studies karate, and so karate's never been my thing, but I think when I had the opportunity to start to learn boxing, I just became fascinated with it. I've always found that like having a martial art in your life, I think, is important, brings a good balance to your life. Yeah, I think I, I, I just have, I, I get these like weird um, fascinations with things. So like it was, it's been baseball my whole life and now it seems to be boxing. So. Wow. Yeah. Well, this could take us on a whole show in itself. I mean, boxing, right? I, I don't know. know. I, I've been reading this one, Fighter's Mind, Sam Shepard. Oh, really? Right now. Yeah. If you haven't read it, 
amazing book about, you know, it studies, I think uh, Dan Gable is his name, you know, one of the wrestlers who lost only one match uh, in his history and some of the top wrestlers and from around the world, there are different approaches, you know, yeah. that, that, that some do it with extreme joy and, and how do you become such a competitor and, and the mindset of um fascinating yes that thing and being still having technique and still respecting your opponent so many metaphors for life on a sport like that yeah um, and on a i'm sure i'm mode, really really fascinated by that yeah i mean uh you know today's about you and we want to delve into you but on a you know personal note i'll tell you for our future dialogue and for our listeners that my life really shifted being a psychologist who got really spent so much time in the chair and in the head and moving away from the body for someone who always loved sports that karate was the way back and if you have uh, you know children that that are having uh, energy issues things of that nature right now bouncing off the walls with the pandemic um, you know the the hand eye coordination the respect the breathing the meditation everything that goes into martial arts and so i actually wound up getting my uh, my black belt in, in kempo karate in 2010 in the, in the shaolin temple in china Wow, that's awesome. So like just that experience and that journey and and, and someday we can talk about just what that's like to be around the Shaolin Temple and the energy around the monks, how much you you learn from that. But uh, yes. I I gotta hear about that. That that sounds great. That's unbelievable. Any day. I was was not expecting that. I was was honestly not expecting to. That's, I've kind of been going through a similar, um, you know, I guess thought process where I've realized I, I'm a big Joe Rogan fan. I don't know if you guys listen to Joe Rogan. I know but, uh, it. I know. Uh, yeah. And this and this will be a great and this will be a great time for I'm gonna break the fourth wall here. This is be this will be a great time for you guys to uh, hashtag Joe Rogan or whatever, and it'll get a million more views because he's like Celine seems like the number one celebrity in the world right now. But it's um, a great idea, and a lot of people pushing me on my team in terms of my podcast, and and it have been mentioning the way he structures it, the way he shares his information, it's unbelievable. the quality of guests that he brings on from variety. You need more of, of that in the world, in my opinion. Like just kind of that honest sort of. He's not a journalist, but he's whatever, bringing forward. people on and just having a good conversation with them, yeah. I think, is undervalued. So anyway, I was I was hearing him talk about. He had he had on some guests. Can't remember who, and he was saying that Western civilization often like forgets some of the great stuff about Eastern civilization, like martial arts and stuff like that, where you even have you know Hinduism and Buddhism and stuff like that stuff that's very like spiritual, kind of like centered in your mind and stuff like that. And I think that it's helped me mixing that sort of stuff into my day. That's kind of where this all started for me. Like as you guys know. I'm going back to grad school and I'm studying sports exercise and performance psychology. And that's where it all started for me was in the pandemic. I'm sure you guys like you didn't know what to do kind of with your day. And that was the stuff that got me through it was being able to work out, being able to go downstairs and hit the bag a little or, you know, go for a run, whatever. Yeah, I love the transition from kind of the mind stuff that we do uh, to the physical, you know, back to the physical, because I know you also play baseball. Yeah. Uh, 
you know, so you had the, the physical. Are you also a boxer? I just didn't quite get that. No. You're interested. Not really, no. Okay. <laughs> no, in my okay. dreams, I am, in my dreams. I get, I get that question a lot. No, no, it's totally fine. I get that question a lot because I like to share my progress with it and stuff. And so sometimes, like, I'll send my buddies video of me, like, I just got a double end bag. Um, and I hang the double end bag in my garage. I actually got, I got a sauna suit too. Like I have the whole, the whole nine yards. I like to train. Like that's, that's what I'm saying with, in regards to martial arts, like it's kind of boxing. You have that sort of training mentality. And I like that, but I wouldn't say I'm a boxer. Talking about that too. I was just uh, speaking to one of our past guests, by the way, my coaching, I talked with her last night and we were talking about, you know, she said something about, you know, I wish there were some shortcuts. I mean, you know, it's bless her heart. We all kind of wish that, right? In some ways. But in another way, the thing is the experience is what give us, gives us what who we are. And there's no shortcuts to experience. You know, that when you talked about just getting the suit on and getting, you know, and, and boxing, it's it whatever that is, whatever that is for you, it may not be, you know, developing yourself to be a boxer in the ring. It may be just about developing yourself period, right? Yeah. Whether it's yeah. mentally or physically or, you know, uh, coping wise with the, the COVID, as you said. So I love the illustration right in uh, into the podcast today. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to say two things about yeah. that, Lorinda. I mean, one, you know, first of all, I like how you drew upon uh, Eastern philosophy there, Tommy. A couple things. I mean, one, right, like Lorinda said, people want to know how you get there faster, but sometimes the way out is is to go yep. in right the body has a lot of the answers and for athletes what they because they're so skilled and proficient in using their body to perform sometimes what gets overlooked is that your body also tells you when you're calm it tells you when you're happy it tells you when you're in an environment and you're excited it tells you when you're interested in something so there's so much about this beginner's mind and going into a new experience and noticing a lot of these sensations about whether or not something works for you or you want to stick with it or you want to come back for day two that that are really important and the second part is you know, this spiritual aspect you're talking about, martial arts, you know, or boxing, whether you have a trainer uh, or martial arts, having a sensei, you have somebody who you can borrow off their experience, you know, and, you know, forgive me for sharing my pandemic passion, but, you know, I watched uh, <laughs> Cobra Kai on YouTube. Uh, if you haven't watched the karate, my dad sequel, loved that right? show. <laughs> yeah, I mean, and there you got, you know, and on the one hand, there's this toxic masculinity of the former John Kreese and the former Vietnam vet yeah, who's I noticed that. still battling on the war fields and, and you know, have no mercy and uh, is the cruel, you know, sensei. But on the other hand, there's this opportunity having a teacher who's been through life. You know, you can be a kid from the valley who hasn't lived much and, and understand what it's like. For someone to have gone to Vietnam and fought, like you get to borrow off those experiences of your coaches, your teachers. So when somebody else has been through it and you're connected, uh, you know, I was watching Dusty Baker come out of the dugout, you know, uh, for the for the Astros who you're, you know, the the Rays just beat, and it's like 
these 25 year old guys are around a guy who's like, he's got to be mid 70s right now or early 70s and has been around a dugout probably for 60 years or something. You know, it just, you soak up his wisdom. He doesn't say much. He never says much, and yet his teams always win. Anyway, so the beauty of having that mentor and borrowing off that information if you don't have that experience, so. No, I think that's a great point. And I noticed uh, I've had some different experience with some coaches, I think. I think that you mentioned like the toxic masculinity sort of stuff. I think that that comes out a lot in athletics um, still. And I think that that's a huge issue that coaches need to be aware of. I, I coach as well. It's hard. Like it's coaching is legitimately hard. It's difficult. If anybody's ever coached a little kid, like they know that they're a little kid, they just don't know everything yet. And so sometimes they do silly things and you're like, Oh my God, like, why is this kid doing this? And you just got to be like, all right, like he's a little kid, like he's here. He's, he's trying to learn. Like this is a perfect opportunity to give him that like positive reinforcement or, you know, that positive experience that he needs in his life to move forward. Honestly, that's, that's the way that I see it. So if you take on the responsibility to be a coach, you have, you also take on that responsibility to not bring in your own issues and your own masculinity issues and your own toxicities, because we all have them. Like I've been insecure a lot of my life. And I feel like recently I've learned how to not be as insecure. Um, and I think that maybe baseball itself became so toxic for me in my own mind because I just came so became so wrapped up in it. Had a really difficult time in college. Not didn't really get along with my coaching staff. Unfortunately, it just created this whole issue for me. I think that getting out of that issue and then, like I said, going into coronavirus, I had like athletics to lean on. Not, not we we had nothing else. I just graduated from school. I didn't have anything to do. You know, I would I would set up turf mat in my driveway and I got little foam golf balls. And I'm trying to learn how to play golf now because uh, I can't play. I'm not playing baseball anymore, really. And uh, was trying to learn how to play golf. Like just those experiences, I think no matter if you are that little kid or you're our age, my age, your age, those are the valuable moments. Those are the valuable experiences. And as a coach, you you have to be responsible for that. It's like uh, John Kabat-Zinn <laughs> says, right? Wherever you go, there you are. And yes. so when you asked about the pandemic and Tommy started referencing to like, it's this moment for all of us. Well, on the one hand, it's like, well, everything stopped and you couldn't do. And so like, in, but in hindsight, now that we have time to look back and look forward, in terms of like, how do I want to approach this next segment? This, this, we turn the corner here and there's still uncertainty ahead. You may plan for a tryout, plan for an interview, it gets canceled. You know, everything is still changing in the world. So, you know, the paradox of it, you know, like on the one hand, we lost control and we didn't choose the way in which it happened. On the other hand, if we accept that we're in this moment and what's the opportunity, right? How can I connect to my identity in a healthy way? What are the things that I haven't been nurturing because I've been performing and sometimes slowing down, however uncomfortable it is, is really healthy to look. What do I need to develop? Even if it's just developing more of a hobby or developing my way that I learn how to take time off, 
learning ways in which I spend more time with family or transition in and out of work. One of the things found from my clients is this has been difficult. I mean, it's been difficult for everybody, really. But it's really difficult, it seems to me, you know, because I work with business owners and actors. And uh, the business owners have kind of found their way, right? They like, oh, money and, you know, and so they, they move towards ways to make money. The athletes were a little like having trouble. Really what I uh, focused on is, you know, that it's the, as Richard said, it's an opportunity. Okay, what have you been looking at? What are doing and haven't done? Uh, how about those pictures in the attic? How about those, you know, family out picnic outings you can have in the living? How, you know, like different ways of opening doors for activities and relationships. And in opening the door, it brings out all kinds of new things, new narratives, new interests, new relationships. Well, Lorena, you know, you're not doing a darn thing. Maybe you should start something too. Give, take your own advice. And that's when I started ukulele. And I mean, I've connected with people that I never would have connected with like that. So I think- We wouldn't be doing fun. this whole what? experience. We wouldn't be having this no, we for the quarantine. We, we wouldn't be doing this. Anyway, well, the so- The speed in which we were able to do it and come together right. and access amazing, talented individuals like yourself, Tom, has been because they're more available, they were more available. And, and ready to share their wisdom. I think a lot of people have gone. I mean, we did have, you know, guests on that, that were like going on their way to soccer practice as sports have resumed or, or had to cancel sure. last second because games have gone back on. I but but I think that people have really, the, the conscious shift to really want to give and reach people and the awareness that people are at home and need to hear your journey, uh, even as you go through it yourself right now. It's even better, I think, in the moment. It's more authentic. It's more real. We see things that, you know, are real. And I think that that pulls us in towards our, you know, the, the thing that we have in common in humanity. Now, are you still working for the race? I yeah. actually got laid off, unfortunately, because of Corona, because they canceled the NILB season, which is like, you know, minor leagues and all that sort of stuff. Right. And that's mostly like where the work was going to be that I was going to be doing. And th those guys were great. I can shout out my boss over there, Mark, Mark Watson. He's a great guy. You should have him on. Works over there for the Rays. It, it was no big deal. Like everything was turning upside down. It was just cool to finally, you know, I've been wanting to work in baseball forever. One of the things I noticed you guys talking a lot about is like self-awareness. I think that I've always been pretty self-aware, almost to a fault at times. I'm pretty hard on myself as well. One of the things that I guess I've learned about through my master's degree is like how important self-awareness is for athletes in general because I think that if you don't have that that self-awareness off the jump then it's pretty difficult to make adjustments and it's also how, how you like the filter that you put on it as well I, I work with a few athletes who are just buddies of mine this kid Jake Elberry who is a stud goes to Austin Prep and he's playing baseball. He's going to be playing baseball at University of Richmond. He's a kid who I see a lot of myself in at times like where people doubt him and people maybe think he's a little, they think he's unathletic a little. But when you see this kid's work ethic, you're blown away. Um, and one of the things that I talk with him about is just being self-aware and putting like a positive filter on the self-awareness where you see this is where I want to be and this is where I am now. This is what I have to do to get there. And once I know that, then if I'm a diligent person, if I have a good work ethic, if I have good trainers and good people around me, like I, I can get there.
It's at Bear University. It's a great program. I'm taking a research methodology with a woman by the name of Dr. Schaefer, Dr. Kimberly Schaefer. She's great. And then I'm taking sports psychology with Dr. Susan Potratz, um, who is also awesome. I love her class. We've been learning a ton about like uh, sports psychology theory. And one of the things that I'm starting to work on in my research methodology class, which I think I would like to take the thesis track and possibly pursue my doctorate. So I think that I'm I'm really fascinated by goal orientation specifically. And I think that goal orientate, especially in baseball or in other sports, they've always tried to use something about like personality or sports psychology to judge performance, right? Like throughout the history of the game, they've they've tried to do that and been unsuccessful. But I really do think that goal orientation and like creating that mastery goal orientation climate is kind of the only somewhat surefire way to create good athletes and if not good athletes, at least good people. So I'm really fascinated and learning about that. I've been doing stuff with that and research methodology. Um, and then I'm taking motor learning and behavior with Dr. Tal Amase, who is, he's a riot. He's unbelievable. How did you pull away from kind of your, you know, what you did in undergrad to, and, and I know you did some psychology. How did you transition or what pulled you made to the world of sports performance and in, in the sports area? If you'd like to listen more, please click on the link for Making the Jump located in the show notes so you can get access to all of the shows and their complete recordings. This is Richard Listens, and I'm out.